Hello, this is Sean Leary, and this is QC Uncut, the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, hosted by me, Sean Leary, talking to various interesting and intriguing and artistic people from around the Quad Cities area. It, as always, is uncut, unedited, and uncensored. I press record, we talk, and you hear everything, including background noise, and we are here at the lovely Cool Beans Coffee House in Rock Island, where I hang out quite a bit, and I'm here with my friend David Costa who has been very busy lately with his number of projects. He's best known as a magician, the premier magician in the Quad Cities area and beyond. And also he has a number of other projects as well. He uh, is big into disc golf and um, has a lot of other creative things and has a special event coming up this coming weekend that we're going to talk about here on uh, QC Uncut and also delve into some of his other projects as well. So thank you very much for joining me, David Casas. Thank you so much for being my guest once again. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of crappy day out today in the snow, but uh, I guess that's Iowa for you, Midwest. So do do some magic and make the snow disappear, David. I know. I wish I could. Right? <laughs> I'm not that good. Yeah, we're here. Uh, we're, we're recording this on Sunday. This won't drop on the website probably till Monday, but we're here Sunday after snow apocalypse. What, what's the date today? Was it the 13th of January? Yeah, the 13th of January. So yeah, and we got you know all the you know, like a foot of snow or whatever the heck it was yesterday. So, but thankfully we we're able to get out here and record this for your listening pleasure. So, so David, tell us a little bit. Let's kick off with the gig you got coming up this coming weekend. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? How you got into it? Um, give me the website, contact information, everything that pe- so people can go and check this out. Yeah, so uh, I'm doing a big fundraiser for the King's Harvest Pet Rescue in Davenport. I actually just kind of came up with the idea. I actually live by uh, by them, so always driving by, and I thought, what a cool idea to kind of give back to the community. Uh, I always saw them posted on Facebook, you know, like they were looking for donations for vet bills or whatnot. So I thought, you know, it'd be a cool idea to do a fundraiser for them where all the proceeds go to King's Harvest and it's at the establishment uh, theater in Rock Island. Uh, Most people are familiar with comedy sports, so same place. Uh, So yeah, it's a family-friendly show. It's all ages. I'm going to be doing my full stage show with the birds and everything, so it's going to be a good time. And like I said, all the proceeds go to King's Harvest, so it's a good cause, so you should definitely come out and support it if you can. Now, where can people find more information on that? What website can they go to? What Facebook page can they go to? Well, of course, they can find out more here at quadcities.com. We will have a story on it this week, and it'll be in my uh, get your, What's the Good News column dropping this Wednesday, and I'll also be talking about it this Wednesday on Paul Sands Live on KWQC. But um, for more information in addition to that, if they want to check things out, you know, is there a place they can go? Or to make donations to King, King's Harvest. Yeah, uh, uh, so they can go to the establishment's website, establishmentqc.com, for tickets. Uh, tickets are only $10 for adults, $5 for kids. Um, I also have a link on my website, davidcasismagic.com. On my tour page, there's a direct link to buy tickets. Or they can also just find it on Facebook. It's called Applause for Pause. So if you just search Applause for Pause event, it'll come right up, and there's more information on there as well. 
So um, this is hardly the first benefit you've done. You've done quite a quite a few. You give back to the community quite a bit. Uh, how do you choose the charities that you're going to um, to work with? Um, well, typically a lot of them actually will approach me. Um, but like I said, I'm a big animal lover. I have two uh, almost four-year-old Rottweilers. So as most people are animal lovers, so I thought that would be a cool, I you know, a cool charity to do something for. But typically people actually approach me. Um, so I guess I don't really decide. Like I said, this one I just kind of decided because I live right by them and I always drive past them and I just thought of it. Like I said, I saw on Facebook they're always looking for donations. But typically uh, typically people approach me, but I'm up to you know helping out any way I can with anybody that approaches me. As long as my schedule allows, I try to work people in as much as I can. Speaking of schedule allowing, tell us about some of the stuff you've been up to in the last few months. You've been really just hitting it hard and have had a lot of really cool stuff happening with you. You've sold out of the magic kits a number of times. You've been doing a lot of, you know, high-profile gigs. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing? I think I talked to you about a year ago on this show. For about the last six months, a year, um, what have you been up to? Give us a recap of some of the cool stuff that's been happening. Uh, I guess, yeah, I've been performing a lot all over the Midwest. I've been doing, uh, did the Comic Cons again, uh, Chicago and Des Moines. I did a local one here at the Quad Cities, uh, the Planet Funk Con, so that was cool. I'd never done that. Um, a lot of Christmas parties right now, holiday parties. I did a, a, my first ever summer magic camp at the Spotlight Theater in Moline, so that was kind of cool. So I'm hoping to do that again this coming, upcoming summer. Uh, of course, my magic classes that I teach, I just started last week at the uh, Bettendorf Life Fitness Center, and then this week I start at the Davenport. Junior Theater as well, so I teach magic classes uh, during the fall and winter for Davenport Junior Theater and uh, Bettendorf Life Fitness Center. Uh, so yeah, I've been staying pretty busy. Um, been very fortunate and blessed this year to, I guess last year and this year is starting off good as well, but uh, yeah, just staying busy and just hustling. I was just started doing magic Sunday nights at Granite City, so that's kind of new. Um, Friday nights, sometimes they have me at the Treehouse in Davenport, and of course my weekly uh, Wednesday night Applebee's gig, and, and looking forward to, uh, you know, doing my opening act gig at Comedy Sports this year as well, so trying the best I can to stay busy and lots of cool events coming up in the coming year as well. Let's talk a little bit about the Chicago Comic Con. Uh, you got some airtime on WGN in Chicago, which is one of the big, it's the big heritage station in Chicago. For those of you who are not from around the area, I grew up in Chicago. WGN is like the big super station in, in the Chicago area. Uh, so that was kind of a huge deal. And then in addition to that, you also got to meet a lot of, you know, big name celebs and stuff at the Chicago Comic Con and kind of mix and mingle with them. What was that whole experience like? Um, it was it was a very cool uh, experience. I was different. Um, it's a lot. I, I guess the main difference was, you know, typically when I do a show, everyone's paying attention, and at the comic cons, it's a little bit different because it's there's so much people to kind of walking back and forth so they'll kind of stop and watch for a little bit and then they'll just leave and you're like oh okay well it's not necessarily they didn't like what they saw it's just you know they got so much activities going on other things they want to see booths and whatnot so they just they're just kind of it's more of uh let's just kind of stop and watch for a few minutes maybe five ten minutes and then they'll just leave and then new people will come uh so i guess that was the main difference was the 
just the flow of the people. They weren't just sitting there to watch my show. Some some did, but most people would just kind of walk by and watch for a little bit and then just leave. And I'd be like, oh, okay. So I just had to kind of adjust to that. That it wasn't they didn't like my show. It's just they wanted to go do other stuff as well. So there's so many things going on. So who are some of the people that you met there that stand out in your mind uh, as being particularly cool? Uh, Elijah Wood was uh, probably uh, one of my favorites. Also. Um, uh, Caleb, uh, aka Lucas from um, Stranger Things. So that's one of my favorite Netflix shows. So that was cool. Uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas, I met him. Uh, ben Savage from Boy Meets World. Uh, Ernie Hudson, he was. They were uh, from Ghostbusters. Lou Ferrigno. So Hacksaw Jim Duggan was cool because I grew. <laughs> I I loved. I grew up watching WWF wrestling. Now it's WWE, but I grew up watching wrestling. So I met him at the Planet Funk Con here in the Quad Cities, and actually my booth was next to his so I got to hang out with him like all weekend so that was awesome did you meet Nicholas Brendan when he was here I did not I did not get to meet him no I, I, I met him and hung out with him for a while that guy was nuts yeah yeah I mean he's like um, a hard R-rated version of Xander I mean really he's legit he's similar like Xander but a lot darker in his humor and a lot more you know not suitable for television <laughs> Well, that's cool. Where, you met him here at uh, Planet Funk Con. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what do you got? Um, let's 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 rewind for for people who did not listen to my previous podcast with you, which was kind of more like your origin story. Give people kind of a brief recap of where you came from, how you started in magic, and you know your you know how you've gotten up to this point. Well, I was uh, well born and raised in Muscatine, and uh, I started in high school uh, I was walking through North Park Mall basically and there was a kiosk up there with some guys demonstrating some magic tricks and I got some flyers from them and there was actually uh, a local magic shop at the time on Harrison Street called Robert's Magic Shop I didn't even know there was a shop here and uh, that's kind of where I started in high school junior year in high school I just started taking lessons and after high school I was like oh I'm just gonna move to Las Vegas and I got lucky and meant, uh, met a, uh, a gentleman out there who mentored me and he kind of taught me the ropes, taught me also the business side of it. So I was very lucky and fortunate enough to meet him. So I lived there for a year and he taught me, you know, like I said, not, not only magic, but how to market yourself, promote yourself. So then when I moved back to the Quad Cities, I got a website and I basically just took off from there and just tried to tap into every market. I started doing the restaurants to help get my name out. And then slowly but surely at different shows I would do, the newspapers would come and do stories on me. So it just kind of snowballed, um, I guess, from there. You're one of the people, like, there's, I, I talk about, like, people in the Quad Cities, like, different, crea- different different strata of creative people here in the Quad Cities. And so many people um, will come up to me at book signings or whatever and will ask, like, well, how do I get started? How do I get to this point? How do I get to this point? And also often I just have to tell them, I'm like, just get started. I mean, getting started and just moving forward, just constantly making progress, working at it, just putting in the work and putting in the time. I mean, you can't shortcut around that, really. You know, I mean, it's just, and you're one of the people, like so many other folks around here with who have achieved so many awesome things, who you put in the work. I mean, you've just been kind of diligent in moving forward, moving forward, and, you know, really putting in the time needed. What 
do you see as being your big goals for the coming year in 2019? What would you like to accomplish? And what are some of the goals that you set for yourself in 20 at the beginning of 2018 that you accomplished that you were particularly happy about? And what do you think you know it, it took you to get to that point? Well, I'll start with your question as far as the 2018. One of my goals was to do more theater shows, uh, branch out more. Um, I'm, like you said, I'm kind of pretty much, you know, I'm very well known in the Quad Cities, but I'm trying now to, like, branch out, and that's more of my goal for was last year and this coming year is just to uh, more theaters, uh, you know, more out-of-town gigs so I can get, you know, more and more known, hopefully. So that's that was kind of my goal. I did, I, I sold out uh, Circa 21, so that was kind of cool but last year back in may um but yeah i guess uh, so continuing forward uh just doing more theater shows doing my own shows uh that's you know I'd, i would love to tour someday that's kind of like one of my biggest goals just uh just tour the country and just do more theater do more of my own shows um and just continue to work hard and we'll see what we'll see what lies ahead so like you said it just it's it's not easy it takes a lot of work you got to really hustle especially i've been doing it for 20 years now full-time for about 17 years and and uh, I'll have people ask me sometimes kind of like you know how did I you know what did I do so it's kind of cool to see some of the like more uh, uh, people are just starting to trying to get into the field to kind of come and ask me for advice so that's kind of cool so and I'm always you know I'm always willing to help anybody the the best I can but I always tell them it's not you know I've had a couple guys recently like well how did how have you been doing it full-time so long and like you said it's it's not easy you have to work hard and you just have to be a go-getter you know you just have to have that drive and that passion and determination and um that's what i that's what i credit my success is is just you know work hard stay humble and uh just you know keep at it so what about 2019 what are some of your big goals for this year what are you looking forward to do you have anything booked already that you're really looking forward to um if you don't have it booked what would you really like to see yeah, um, I have a few things already in the works. Uh, like I said, I'm hoping to do another summer camp at the Spotlight Theater again as well. Um, in April, the 2019 Great Nicola Magic Festival. I was a part of it last year. It was their first year, so that's kind of cool. They're doing it again in Monmouth, Illinois. So it's a huge magic convention. Uh, there'll be a bunch of magicians in the. Sh- um, there'll be like workshops and and stage shows. So I'm part of uh, the Saturday Night Stage Show. Um, so that's really cool. I'm looking forward. To returning to that um, May 4th I'm doing a magic convention in Champaign, Illinois it's a central Illinois magic get together so I'm already booked for that um, and I'm just trying to just get some more things booked throughout the year um, hopefully I get a lot of after proms uh, usually this spring I do a lot of after prom summers I do a lot of weddings still people hire me to do like close-up magic during the reception hour before the bridal party gets there so uh, I guess my goals for this year is just keep just keep staying Staying busy, I'm still uh, be doing some more magic classes as well, and and hopefully I'll be able to play some disc golf this year because last year I injured my foot, a bad foot sprain, so I was unable to play the whole season, so that that bummed me out. So we'll <laughs> see. so I'm hoping to play some more disc golf this year as well, and uh, just yeah, just continue to get out there, get my name out there, and we'll just see what else.
us, you know, we can we can get scheduled. Let's talk about this golf thing. How did you get into that, and what is it about disc golf that um, entices you so much? What do you what do you like about it so much? Um, you know, so I played with a couple friends. They kind of got me into it. I just started playing really in 2013, um, and I I didn't even know there was like now it's huge. I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. But I didn't know there was tournaments, and I you know I didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know there was disc golf shops and stuff. There's a big one, the Iron Line uh, Disc Golf Store here in Moline. So they actually sponsor me now, so that's kind of cool. But uh, basically, I just started. I just went to the park and, like I said, with some friends, and they kind of got me into it. Um, and I don't know. I just I love it. Um, it's I, I just fell in love with it. I love it probably as much as I love magic, if not more. Um, it's I just, I've always played sports my whole life. I've always been like an athlete. I've always played. Um, so I just, you know, I guess I'm competitive by nature. So it's a lot che- uh, cheaper than like ball golf. You don't have to pay the greens and car fees and all that. So it's definitely cheaper. Now uh, the discs are pretty inexpensive, and uh, you can just go out and play by yourself. You know, if you can't find some friends to play with, that's what's cool about the sport is you can just go out and go to the park. There's several, have over a dozen courses here in the Quad Cities. So um, you know, you can pretty much find a park close to wherever you live here in the Quad City. So it's getting more and more popular, like I said. And it's just, I just love playing. I love being outdoors. It's good exercise. And I take my dogs with me, and they love being outside too. So it's just, it's fun. It's a fun time. Do the dogs beat you sometimes, David? Uh, they have their own disc bags and everything. No, but they love to go chase the squirrels and the rabbits, and they jump in the creek. They my um, they love to swim. So, but yeah, they love to get outside with me, and they're really good. I've actually been taking them since they were puppies, so they're really good on the course. They don't surprisingly they don't chase the frisbees or anything, so they're pretty good about that. So that was my next question. Is I remember playing catch with my dog, my Australian Shepherd, in the backyard with frisbees. So I can't. I can imagine that being incredibly tempting for a dog on a disc golf course. It's got to be an incredibly disciplined dog. Is it like you know a Buddhist dog or something? He meditates and it's going to gets into a Zen uh, state where he. I'm no. I'm one with the frisbee. I will not chase it. I'm one with the frisbee. I will not chase it. I think taking them. Uh, I think since I've been taking them since they were like eight weeks, ten weeks old. I think they just kind of you know grew up with it. Uh, so they're you know they're pretty well trained. They're pretty obedient. So my uh, my male actually doesn't have uh, or the male my male uh, Rottweiler Capone. He has a strong uh, like prey drive. So he just he could care less about the frisbee. He's just looking for that rabbit or squirrel. Where my girl she wants to chase. She's a ball chaser. She loves balls. But if I find like an old beat up beat up disc on the course or something, I'll I'll just throw it for her and she'll she'll go and get it and stuff. But she's uh, so yeah. So I think just because they grew up with it, they're not they're pretty good about not chasing. It. They know I made them sit when I throw, and then I grab their leash, and there we go. So, so what's it like doing the magic camps for the kids? Um, do the kids all, you know, are they all just amazed by the magic? Are some of them inquisitive? Are some of them like dubious? Um, what is it like being a part of that? Totally different audience, obviously, than adults, because yeah. the kids are far less reserved. I mean, a kid's more likely to be like, "I see how you do that." An adult's not going to say anything, or the a kid's going to be like, "Oh my God, how do you do that?" So it's kind of cool, like having that totally different audience that has no filter, really. 
Yeah, their uh, kids are brutally honest. So, uh, but it, no, it's super fun. I love working with kids. Um, it's cool. Um, it's very rewarding. I guess it's almost just like a, a teacher. You know, I'm teaching them magic, but when they start to learn how to do the magic, it's just really cool. They get all excited and their eyes all light up. They're like, "Oh, that's how you do it." Sometimes they get frustrated because, and I tell them, you know, it's you know, I'm teaching them beginner sleight of hand magic, but you know, just like with anything with sports, your son plays soccer. You know, or someone that plays an instrument, it does. It's going to require some practice to make it look good. You know, and, and to get better, you have to practice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all the the kids are usually really, really uh, responsive, and they're they have a great time. You know, learning the magic. And uh, but yeah, once in a while, I get a kid be like, "Oh, well, that's not magic." Uh, once you start teaching them, so that's kind of funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, I get boys and girls that take the class, so uh, it was kind of funny because when I first started, I had a couple parents contact me and they're like oh well my daughter was wondering if she could take it because well she's not a boy and I'm like well of course she can take it like there's no like you know it's just stereotypical it's just for men you know so I was like oh of course your daughter can take it there's a lot of great female magicians so I, you know I always encourage boys and girls to take my class but um, so yeah so it's it's fun you know I do ages like 9 to 15 um, and yeah it's, it's fun I love doing it I've been doing it for a few years now and I also offer private lessons as well I started doing that because working at the restaurants I had some some of the parents would ask me oh do you offer private lessons and I was like well no but maybe down the road so then just a couple years ago I decided you know what I'll start offering private lessons and I've done a few um, I basically it's a four-week program and uh, I go into their home and uh, I, I provide all the supplies and so that's been a really good success too and then with the classes it's fun because the last day of class we always invite the parents in and we put on a little magic show of what they learned and so they really love that they look forward to doing that so do you ever have any uh hardcore religious fundamentalists con confront you and say you're doing the devil's work with magic do you have anybody say you're going to be burning in hell because you're doing magic which is you know you have black hats and you're the, doing the work of satan david I, I once in a while i'll get that yes or i'll have a church that will contact me about doing a church show and not too long ago i had actually a pastor from a church call me because one of the you know one of the um one of his I um, can't remember who she was exactly, I guess. It was just someone, you know, someone that is, uh, belongs to the church. But she wanted to hire me. But I had to talk to him on the phone first because he wanted to make sure, like, I wasn't claiming, like, I had, like, supernatural powers. And <laughs> and I was like, no, it's just entertainment. Like, I've never claimed to, like, you know, you know, have special powers. It's just, it's just entertainment. It's just sleight of hand. It's illusion, you know. It's, I don't, you know, I know it's just entertainment. I'm not claiming claiming to be like you know so I had to like talk to the pastor to get the okay to get hired just he wanted to talk to me and make sure I, I wasn't going to hypnotize anyone and he asked me some weird questions and I'm like I assured him it's just family entertainment I'm a family entertainer and he's he said okay so they hired me and then they had a great time so are there a lot of magicians that claim to have superhuman powers David <laughs> Um, well, n not not many that I know, but I'm sure there's some out there that might, and uh, so I guess maybe because of the few out there that maybe do so, you know, or they come across maybe like a little weird, like David Blaine, you know, he I don't think he's ever claimed to have powers, but he's just kind of a strange guy, you know. I've met him, and you know, he's a cool guy, but that's his persona, you know, that's his character. So you know, everybody has a different character, and you know, some I guess some guys are have a, maybe a weirder. 
uh, persona character, and I'm just a laid-back guy, and I'm just doing magic tricks. So, yeah. So, what was Blaine like? I love watching his specials, and in part because he is such a weird character. You know, he's he's like, did you see that? Yeah, like I said, he's all oh monotone. It is. It's kind of he's created kind of a cool persona for himself because it is so weird. You know, what is he? What is he like? And I've never met him in real life. What's he like? He's pretty. I mean, he's pretty laid back. He's just normal guy too. You know, he's pretty like quiet. But I mean, he's you know he's like I said, he's uh, that's just his persona that works for him. And you know, and I guess when you meet him, it's a little bit different. But I mean, you know, that works for him. Um, you know, Chris Angel. He's known. I've never met Chris Angel, but uh, that's another guy that's you know he did a lot of TV specials uh, in the past couple years. So. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I guess, they're just quiet, normal guy like me, I guess, kind of laid back. And so it's just, it's funny to see how different uh, magicians are, like, in person and then, then on their TV persona. So, and I also, I, I think I credit that a lot to my success, too, is I get a lot of comments on that. If people that go to my shows are like, you're just, uh, you know, I'm on stage, I'm just being myself. You know, me, pers- I don't really have a, I'm not putting on an act. Like, when I'm on stage, that's, you know, I'm just being myself and uh, so I think a lot of people will relate to that and that's why I think that you know I credit that a lot to my success as well it's just I'm just being myself so well yeah everybody's got to have their own thing I mean and you look like Chris Angel you bring him up and he has that whole kind of gothic persona and everything else maybe maybe he claims to have otherworldly powers Being on TV you know I'm sure they have to step it up a notch you know because well, yeah. for TV as well so it's a visual medium you got you got to do that you got to do that so tell Tell us about um, the magic kits. You know, you started doing these magic kits. What exactly is in the magic kit? Um, where did you get the idea? Are they based on, I know, like, you know, way back, probably before you and I were even born, like kids, like back in the 50s and stuff, they used to have these magic kits that you would buy um, when TV was first starting out. Television stations were looking for basically anything to fill airtime. And so anybody who was a performer who was family friendly would get airtime on television and so a lot of magicians were on TV because for the most part magic was a family friendly enterprise and so a lot of these magicians would end up you know trying to make money off of this and would sell these little magic kits now how much is your magic kit harken back to some of the older style ones like that um, and then how much does it tie into your act really I mean is it stuff like hey you can see me do this you know here's how you can do it at home tell us a little bit about those yeah so um i kind of like to hand pick the tricks that i that go into the magic kits um and yeah actually a lot of the ones in the kit i actually do myself a version of it maybe not necessarily exactly uh, but it comes with they all come with instruction booklet so it teaches you all the tricks um but yeah i do uh uh, for example uh, one of the ones that's most popular everyone gets them in their magic kits is those little like foam balls and that's one of my most popular tricks that i do in the restaurants when i do close-up or when I do weddings or whatever. Um, so that trick is I do a version of that. Uh, there's some ropes in there that I do a rope trick in my show as well, a version of that. Mine's a little more advanced, of course, than the one they teach in there. But, um, yeah, I just kind of came up with the idea. I thought it'd be cool to, you know, just something that I could, uh, you know, I was trying to think of. I'd seen other, gone to other magic shows, and I see, you know, they sell them, uh, sell T-shirts and stuff. And so I also came up with some shirts as well and some magic wands. And I just wanted, I just wanted, uh, um, you know, a kind of 
kind of something that the kids could take home as kind of like a souvenir from the show. That's kind of was my original uh, thought process, and and they've been very successful. And I, every time I get them, I can't keep them in stock. So that's that's a good problem to have. So yeah, so that and the T-shirts and the wands. Like I said, it was just something to sell at my show because people are like, oh, you should sell merchandise. Everybody else does, and so I was like, okay. So I was like, well, I don't know if anyone's gonna buy it, but so I got some things made, and yeah, they've been selling out every time I get them. Um, what's it like playing for some of the different audiences? Because you, you know, you have a very broad-based audience. I mean, you play a lot of different spots. Like you mentioned, you play at Applebee's, um, which is one audience. Here's people, you're they're just having dinner, and they like, you know, maybe they want some entertainment, maybe they don't. You go to the Comic-Con, same thing, where people are kind of distracted, they're doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Then you'll play at, like, the establishment, which is usually a comedy venue, but we'll accept you and you'll you know people come in and it's very family friendly because of comedy sports and so you get that kind of audience and then of course you play other theater shows which are more geared towards hey we're expecting a show like this so what's it like to cross those boundaries and play for all those different audiences some of whom are distinctly there for you and your kind of entertainment others of which are just baseline maybe couldn't care less yep. and they're just there and they're like who the hell's this guy you know yep. so you've got to you know cr- run the gamut between complete disinterest to extreme interest you know yep. uh, yeah that's always uh, that's a challenge exactly you nailed it on the head yeah when I do like a corporate party for example I do a lot of company Christmas parties right now they could care less what the entertainment is but they want to be entertained some people there I can tell they might not even like magic so like you said I have to uh, kind of I guess win them over I guess you could say um, but that's the good thing with my magic it's very visual it's very appealing I think to all ages like you said mentioned um, but yeah it's 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 different and it's more pressure I think it's a little more added pressure to myself when for example like when I'm doing the the show on Sunday the applause for pause or when I do a theater show like you mentioned people buy their tickets or come they're coming to see me so I know that they want to see what I do or maybe they you know either they've seen me before or they've heard you know that you know about my show or whatever so they want to come see it so um, so I feel a little more um, I wouldn't say pressure so to say I guess maybe a little bit but when people are when I know people are coming just to see me I feel I have to I mean I always try to obviously always bring my A game but when I know people are buying tickets just to see me I have to make sure that I give them a good show and entertain them where like you said we're at a company party they could care less you know I have to almost win them over where you know so it's a challenge but uh, like I said I've been doing it so long now that um, you know I'm pretty good at um, you know the, the effects that I have in my show I think appeal to like the general audience if that makes sense so um, I always make sure my show's different than other I watch a lot of other magic shows not only uh, sometimes for inspiration but sometimes also because I just don't want to do what everyone else is doing I want to make sure my show's different and unique so when you come to my show you're like oh I've never seen a magic show like that and that's what I I guess what I work hard and, and strive to do at my shows I'm always fascinated by and I ask this because I obviously I've been in theater and, and I've been you know in bands before and stuff like that 
and I certainly know what it's like to bomb and to have a bad gig. And so bad gig stories are always amusing to me because, I mean, God knows I have plenty of them. <laughs> but I always like to ask performers about that. What are some bad gig stories that stand out in your mind as being particularly amusing? Um, more so, I guess, when I first started, I had a lot of, uh, I had a few uh, bad shows, and um, sometimes the magic tricks don't work like they're supposed to, and you just got to go with the flow, but for, I've been fortunate enough, I guess I've never messed up that bad that it was obvious to the audience, um, except maybe for a couple times, but I think they probably just thought it was part of the trick, or later I was just like, oh my god, that was terrible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have too many like funny stories, I guess, of, of bad things happening. I guess I remember uh, just, I know when I used to do my bird act a lot when I first started, I was kind of uh, just, you know, very amateurish. I, I wasn't quite sure what I was doing yet, and I had a couple incidences where the birds actually like pooped on me <laughs> uh, while I was performing, so that was kind of embarrassing. And uh, I didn't notice it when it happened, and everyone in the front row started laughing at me. I mean, I'm like, what? Like, what's so funny? Like, I, you know. And then I like, I like, look, I like went to grab a silk out of my pocket or something, and I saw just like poop like rolling down my tux. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's what they're laughing at. Okay, that's cool. So when you work with animals, I mean, that's sometimes things happen like that. So yeah, that's out of your control. But uh, so that's one thing I remember is just the birds that used to poop on me because I used to hold them close to my body where I quickly learned I need to stretch my arm out so they're not by me and they, if in case they do poop um, and sometimes they'll fly away uh, during my performance as well and they'll go land on something so again that's out of my control but it is a little embarrassing but you know you just got to go with the flow you know it's just like almost like comedy you know like improv you know if some things go wrong sometimes you just go with it you know so uh, but yeah I've had a I've had a few uh, inc incidences like that before that's happened so uh, but yeah, nothing too bad. Like I said, if I mess up, usually the audience doesn't know. But I guess the big thing, like I said, was just the birds. I used to, that happened a few times before I had just figured out, maybe if you just extend your arm, then I'll stop getting pooped on. So I had to learn that. So That was always good advice, David. Um, you ever have to deal with any hecklers? Any Anybody in the audience that get belligerent with you? Yes, uh, I'm pretty good at handling hecklers. So, but yeah, I do once in a while I get heckled. Um, not too, not too often, but usually it's just if they've been drinking too much um, at the company parties. But uh, usually when I get heckled, I actually. I do a little, like, I guess, reverse psychology, and I try to make them the star of the show then all of a sudden um, and to kind of win them over. Um, and then they usually just will, usually, like, their spouse or their friends or coworkers will be, like, kind of put them in line for me so I've never had to. I never try to, like, you know, like, challenge them or be like, oh, okay, I'm going to bring them on stage and make them look bad. Like, I never do that. I'm just, I just <laughs> go, go, Come on up here. Let's see if we can make your job disappear yeah, yeah so i never do that but uh but uh, yeah usually like i said i just try to make them the star of the show but i get heckled time to time you know even at the restaurants you know i might have uh you know somebody heckle me and i'll usually just do like one trick and i'm like okay well if they, i already know they're gonna heckle me so usually i like to do like three or four tricks but if they're gonna be heckling me after one trick i just thank them for their time and and uh you know so i know how to handle them i'm you know i'm always professional with them of course but like i said i usually just try to make them the star of the show when they heckle me and then and then they usually will stop so yeah 
everything of writing a book, everything doing any other creative projects where you know that you have not tackled up to this point, such, such as that. Yeah, um, actually, I get asked all the time about doing a lecture um, at like these conventions because I do a lot. I've been doing more and more, and that's an, actually going back to your question earlier. That's another goal I have is to perform at more magic conventions. Those are always fun. Um, but yeah, people always ask me. Actually, they're like, "Well, you've been doing it 20 years. I'm sure you got a lot of like good advice, or you know, you could help you know other magicians. You've experienced a lot. You used to work in Vegas. You know, you do it full time. Um, so that's a, that's something I would like to eventually." do is, is write up a little uh, a lecture I guess to say either whether it be on just performing or like you know restaurant magic or maybe dove magic so, you know I do a lot of av- different avenues but uh, I get asked all the time you know about oh you should do a lecture you know and basically you just a lot of lectures are you you show a lot of tr- you show some magic and then you teach the magic trick so that's one type of lecture like they said you could just lecture about like your experience or maybe advice or so that's that's definitely something that I w- is always in the back of my mind because I get asked a lot. Oh, you should lecture. You should lecture. You have, I'm sure you, 20 years you have a lot of experience, but I just never know what I'd want to lecture on. Is that's the problem, I guess. So, who were your favorite magicians growing up, and who are some of your favorite magicians now, and why? Uh, I always look. Uh, one of my first was always David Copperfield, of course, uh, Lance Burton, uh, and then some other ones that people don't really know. Tony Clark, Jason Byrne was Jason was actually my mentor in Vegas. Um, and other than Copperfield, the other three they're all they're all do dove magic. So that's kind of what got me into magic was the birds. Um, but I've seen David Copperfield a few times. I know he's been here in the Quad Cities. Uh, you know, a few times at the Adler Theater and uh, the Tax Slayer Center. Um, so he still works in Vegas. I'd like to go see him again, Copperfield. He was always one of my favorite illusionists. Um, I just liked his, uh, I always liked his performing style. It was more like theater. Um, so that's what I really intrigued me with the illusions. He always, it was always like, a, like he was telling a story on stage. So I always thought that was cool. Cool. Um, anything else that you'd like to add? Let's throw in another plug for your gig you got coming up this weekend. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, let us know about that again and anything else you want to add before we sign off. All right. Yeah, uh, Sunday uh, the 20th, January 20th, applause for pause at the establishment. Uh, you can go to establishmentqc.com for tickets or also my website, davidcasasmagic.com. I have a link for uh, for the tickets there as well. Uh, it's all ages, family-friendly show. It's going to feature my award-winning bird act, uh, lots of uh, audience participation, a uh, lot of comedy, music, illusions, so all wrapped into one. It's all ages show uh, except again ten dollars for adults and only five dollars for kids and 100 percent of the proceeds go to king's harvest pet rescue in davenport so it's a great cause and it's fun for the whole family so it'll be a be a fun show and i'm actually going to feature some new stuff in the show as well um i know a lot of people they they had told me they'd wanted to go to my uh, circa 21 show so it's going to be basically almost that same show that i did there plus a few other things as well so yeah, definitely come check that out and uh, just follow me in on Facebook, The Magic of David Casas. I always, sometimes I'll book last minute uh, events on there as well, so I'm always very active on social media. So you can check out where I'm up to and 
on Facebook, The Magic of David Casas. And of course, we have your your web show, Magic of David Casas, here in quadcities.com. And um, also, you can uh, click to those links here at um, the show description at QC Uncut. You can click through to establishment, uh, QC, and davidcasas.com as well. And um, go to my column here, What's the Good News? And click through to those links. And uh, I will be on Paula Sands Live this Wednesday talking about your gig as well so lots of promotion hopefully let's get the word out and get a lot of people to come out to the gig and hope you raise a ton of money for for a good cause um david anything else you want to add before we sign off uh just thanks for having me and keep up the good work and i hope to see you on sunday if not sunday i hope to see you around somewhere else thanks for having me it was fun awesome thank you so much david casa is my guest here on qc uncut your source for uncut unedited uncensored conversation with local newsmakers i'm sean leary thank you so much for tuning in have a great day